the biblical call to give an answer for those who inquire about the faith. We are always prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within us. This is your life. This is who you are. This changes the way you understand yourself as a human being and every other human being. It changes what you mean by justification and adoption and sanctification and glorification. And it changes what you mean by why we do what we do in gospel ministry and in righteous living. Everything is changed when we understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Chablani Mayberg. And I'm Isaac Pinto. We are associate pastors at Central Baptist Church. And welcome to our Theology Alive podcast, where we look to engage theology in the church carried out in the culture using a Christian worldview. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of our Theology Alive podcast. Yeah, it is great to be at it again. And I hope you enjoyed our uh series on the 2017 statement of faith that we hold to i hope that that was uh helpful to you oh yeah that has come to an end Mm. um so that does mean we must start something new if you are a first-time listener a special welcome to you Mm. we trust that you'll stay along for the ride Uh, you can listen backwards um and hear all that we've covered about the statement of faith um to be completely honest with you if you ever wondered is there an order by which you should listen there isn't um (laughs) (laughs) every every topic just just stands for itself um every paragraph of the statement mm. of faith stands for itself. In fact, if you're a pastor studying at a new church, you could even preach a whole sermon series mm. just using the uh, the content that is within the statement of faith. But that means we do need to come up with a, uh, a, a new series of discussion for our podcast, which is, just to remind you, it is the Theology Alive podcast. So we don't want to just talk theology. Mm. We want to bring theology to life. We want mm. to chat about things that are affecting mm. uh, affecting you or could affect you if you're not affected by it already. Right. And one of those things is or one of yeah, one of those things is deconstructionism. Mm. Now, um if you are familiar with what is known as postmodernity, then you'll also be familiar with what is known as relativism. If you are familiar with relativism, then you are very close to deconstructionism. Uh, we do live in a society where mm. um, truth is being questioned, mm. where um, truth is always put on the stand, mm. and the question is being asked, is truth mm. true? Mm. And and the reason why I say that is because we, we, we get a lot of people who question the the presence or the reality of absolute truth and we live in a society where where my truth is my truth and Isaac's truth is Isaac's truth and don't don't step on Isaac's truth and don't step on my truth and in fact as you'll hear us unpack what deconstructionism is it's actually an attack at evangelicalism um, at the fact that hey why do you think that your book can dictate to us in 2022 what is true and what is not true. Yeah. And one of the reasons we <clears throat> want to talk about this is because it really is getting a lot of <clears throat> attention. Guys, my voice is going. And Same. this is not 
Great for the weekend. Um, What's <laughs> happening on the weekend, Isaac? Yeah, but the the thing is, when this comes out, it's already happened. Oh, <laughs> that's true. So if you are listening to this episode, I'm sorry, but you've missed out on a great <laughs> event. <laughs> we haven't been to it yet. It's called Sing 2022, man. I'm not be on the lookout for, awesome. for the 2023 one. It's going to be great. <laughs> it will be even... Look, when we advertise 2023, it will even sound better than this. Yeah. So this is a... Oh, shame, man. Yeah. You really living start but <laughs> but listen to this we will be putting out videos snippets of what happened at sing 2022 um you'll you'll see the choir um you'll get parts of the message where pastor charles will be uh, preaching a short message on the theology of singing and you'll also get a snippet of people from different tribes languages um, and ethnicities coming together to worship the Lord right here at Central Baptist Church. So if you listen to this and you missed it, I'm sorry, but you'll catch the videos and watch out for Sing 2023. Sorry, Isaac. No, oh, good. So <clears> the <throat> reason we want to talk about this is because this has been gaining popularity even amongst uh, evangelicals uh, and, and churches, and there are pastors out there on TikTok and and people using some arguments uh, and and basically going through and they they call it a journey of the de- deconstruction de- de- yeah. um, and and unfortunately the end result is often just uh, leaving the faith altogether um, and so but what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at different things and kind of responding. And today is just kind of an intro of um, about this series that we're going to uh, start off in, in terms of deconstruction. So, Jabo, why don't you maybe give us some definitions, brother? Man, you said, so, you said something there. Um, that I remember reading something. Yes. Um, listen to this. Deconstruction is a process... Deconversion is a result. Um, and, and, and that's what usually happens. Most people who start on this journey of deconstruction, by the way we are about to de- define it, will find themselves at what, what is known as deconversion. Now, 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 to start us off, I want to start us off with a, with a passage in, Ro- in uh, Romans, of course, chapter 1. And uh, we'll start our reading from verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Sure. They suppress the truth. What, what deconstructionists are eventually trying to do is they are suppressing the truth. So church, don't be surprised when we find people rising up, fighting against what we believe to be true, because we've been told from Scripture that the unrighteous, the unrighteousness that lives in sinful men who reject God, they will suppress the truth. Verse 19. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. The truth has been revealed. Verse 20. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, 
Um, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, exchanging the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. So actually, that's the actual <coughs> process. We, we see that there's a futileness in their thinking, and, 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 and what happens with the deconstructionists is it seems like an enlightenment. Mm. It, it, it seems like they've, they, they've found a sense of, of new knowledge, new wisdom, that, that, that we are, are hard-hearted to come to terms with and we are still living in the past. So hmm. the, in their futile thinking, their foolish hearts are being darkened. They think they are wise, but in reality, they are being fools. Why? Because what deconstruction does, it, it will eventually exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Hmm. So deconstructionism is... A, a, a reality that is going to face most of us, if not all of us. Parents, if you have young children, be on the lookout. The, the, uh, we've said it before in this, in, on this podcast. If you want to change a society, you target its children. Sure. And, and, and that's why... Yeah. We see uh, a lot of what's what's being taught at schools. It's 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 indoctrinating. Um, mm. the, the 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 whole atheist worldview has been taught to our children at school. They've been indoctrinated from school. Now, anyway, this is going to be one of the things that is going to be creeping its way into the ears of your children. So, mm. there's a gentleman by the name of Jock uh, Jock Derrida. Or Derrida. Now I asked Carsten. Carsten's our, our our resident English fundi, and look, he threw his arms at me. So so you will be the judge if I pronounce his surname correctly. It's D E R R I D A. It's not as it's not as important as Iso and Isao. <laughs> Isao, Isao, and Iso. <laughs> Listen, that's a story for another day another that shouldn't make it to our yeah. podcast. <laughs> anyway, so just for context, um, I was preaching a sermon and, um, you know, I, I, I called Esau, Esau to the shock and the discomfort of many in the audience. And I think his name appeared three times in the text. So it was At like least you were consistent. Every listen, time it was Esau. You didn't went back and forth between Esau and Esau. Exactly. You know what the Bible says about a double-minded man? <laughs> <laughs> right now, 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 back to Jock Derrida. Now, Jock Jock Derrida is known as the as the father of deconstructionism, and I want you to hear um, what 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 another author. So, I've, I found a commentator who actually uh, describes uh, what what Derrida actually puts down on paper, and I want you to see how how even evangelicals who have started the journey of deconstructionism have taken from this gentleman. Now. Uh, the commentator, uh, and in fact, this is on a dis- uh, Desiring God um, article, and we'll, we'll put it in our episode notes, I hope. Um, after, after you listen to this, you can go read the full article. So he says this, he says, I'll take a, st- a shot at summarizing it as I currently understand it. And stick with me, because knowing something of where deconstruction comes from will helpfully give us insight into why some Christians have adopted and adapted it to describe their experiences and why many find it confusing. Now, even before that, the reason why he says he'll take a shot is what you'll find about um, this postmodernity is definitions are always slippery. 
Mm. Um, in fact, Isaac is currently writing a thesis on a very slippery topic, <laughs> which has no real definition. It just changes with time. But but that's the 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 thing with uh, postmodernism. It is, in essence, uh, they they reject the idea of an objective uh, truth and would like to uh, stay away from. Um, any kind of definition, in a sense. Um, if, if I can just say um, uh, 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 kind of a summary of, of postmodernism by, by the Britannica um, Dictionary, is a movement characterized by broad skepticism, subjectivism, or relativism, a general suspicion of reason, and an acute sensitivity to the role of ideology in asserting and maintaining political and economic power. So so any any kind of objective standard or truth structure they they very against so they question. So mm. it's a broad skepticism. So they, yes. they want to question every yep. everything, every uh, aspect of things. Uh, it's a highly uh, critical yep. um movement yeah. and so out of that a lot of what we're seeing today in terms of critical theory critical race theory critical queer theory mm. uh, all of that coming from that m same mindset of sure. uh, destabilizing any kind of uh, structure or and being a skeptical about any kind of institution sure. and, and and as 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 many um have have defined um churches as institutions uh, so, sort of already come from that form of thinking, of mm. critical thinking, and now they want to bring that critical thinking into how they view the church, and from that they now want to start to deconstruct mm. what they think um, this institution is either lacking or what this institution is not doing or should be doing. Sure. Um, and, and, and that's why, as, as believers, man, we need to know the scriptures yeah. because, because well, what they say, I promise you, yeah. if you have itching ears... Will mm. sound yes, yes, yes. It makes and, and some sort of. I mean, it's nonsense, but mm, it also yeah. sometimes sounds like and, sense. And 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 it's so attraction, yes, you know, it's attractive. as as you mentioned, uh, very yes. attractive, yes. as you mentioned, because it feels like an illumination. Because now yes. you're questioning the very foundations. I mean. 2 plus 2 equals 5 was okay. trending yes. on Twitter yes. because it was the very thing of questioning right. maths, right. The, ba the very basics right. of maths. And now it's like, no, actually 2 plus 2 doesn't have to equal 4. It sure. can equal 5. Sure. Um, and, so, and, and, you know, people were like really going on ab about, yeah, that can happen. But that's... Uh, uh, and it's attractive the the sense of, huh? This is so amazing. I've been kind of uh, we've been with the same structures for so yes. long, or same same uh, thing for so long. And now this new yes. uh, illumination yeah, is yeah. yeah. Sure. So let's 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 read um, a little bit about uh, Derrida. He says, 
Well, the commentators speaking about Derrida says, A fundamental assumption undergirding Derrida's philosophy is that humans, through bio- biological evolution, develop the capacity to impose psychological constructs of meaning upon their world as a survival mechanism. In other words, meaning, as in the ultimate meaning of things, is a human psychological creation not a discovery or divine revelation of absolute truth. Number two, therefore, deconstruction asserts that human language at best communicates not absolute truth, but how a certain individual conceives of truth at a certain moment in time. Hmm. That's critical. At a certain moment in time, in the context of his cultural, political, religious, environmental, and experiential influences. Hmm. Number three, therefore, deconstruction asserts that philosophers or theologians consult written works of past in vain to discover absolute truth or meaning, since all they are encountering are other authors' constructs of truth or meaning. And not only that, but the more distant a reader is culturally, linguistically, and historically from an author, the less the reader will understand what the author actually had in mind when he used terms like truth, justice, good, and evil. Mm. I hope your ears are up already. I hope the antennas are standing as I read Mm. through this. Number four, he says this. He says, And therefore, the philosophy of deconstruction asserts that in an effort to understand as much as possible what an author actually meant by the language he used, sophisticated methods of textual criticism must be employed to deconstruct the author's words in order to decipher the conceptual constructs that shaped the author's understanding of truth and meaning. Let me me try to simplify it even more. If I understand Derrida correctly, deconstruction is, one, a literary philosophy arguing that we're not wrong to assume that by merely reading an author's words, we can understand something about absolute truth. Since our concept of truth, our constructs of what everything means will significantly will be significantly different from the authors. And, number two, the construction is a method of literary um, criticism that takes apart and analyzes an author's use of language in effort to discern his construct of meaning. For Derrida, there is no meaning outside the text of a philosopher's written work. No absolute truth that the writer is shedding light on for the reader. There's only the writer's construct of meaning or truth represented in the text he wrote. Hmm. That's a a lot. Yeah, a lot there. eh? I mean, the the interesting thing is that uh, often when you uh, those that are uh, pushing for this kind of um, idea uh, that. Um, there is no absolute truth. Well, they are saying that statement, uh, in the saying of the statement, they are proclaiming an absolute truth. Right? (laughs) In in saying there is no absolute truth. I I, I, I saw a a video uh, where, yeah, this this guy, um, this philosopher comes in and... um, and just basically says that you know there's 
No, absolutely true. So in the times of questions and answers, a guy from the audience comes and says, you mentioned that there is no absolute truth. Is that right? Is that true? He says, yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just walks out. <laughs> he just walks out. Uh, but it is, um, uh, it is kind of um, the reason why it can be, it's so dangerous in a sense yeah. is because if you think about it, there is no standard. And so yeah. self, not even collective self, sure. self is the ultimate dictator yeah. of what truth uh, is, sure. uh, right? Um, and that that can lead you really uh, anywhere, right? Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's scary, man. When, when, when I read this, it, it, it really just paints on a canvas what our world looks like today. Um, mm. Just that, that idea of... Uh, so, I mean, it, it sounds like uh, you're just looking for textual criticism, but it, it really is an mm. attack on the fact that absolute truth exists. And, and if you think about it, he says the older the author, the less relevant it is. And if you're really thinking that, then it means, man, Paul, Moses, David... John, should I keep going? All these guys are. Uh, th there's no reason for us to be uh, following the Bible. The Bible has no authority over us. The, the Bible is not sufficient. The Bible is irrelevant to our, to our life and times. Therefore, we need to just take this book and throw it away because the Apostle Paul has no idea what women are going through. <laughs> he doesn't sure. know. Why should I listen to the Apostle Paul on on the fact that uh, women should submit to their husbands and husbands should lead their homes? Husbands should love their wives. Mm. Why should I listen to the Apostle Paul? Why does mm. he know? Mm. He should know that in, in, in 2022, women have the ability to lead their homes. The Apostle Paul didn't know that. He didn't know that things were about to change. There's not, there's not technology. Women are now able to work. The Apostle Paul was a backward man. Can you see where the train of logic comes? It's, it's all connected to a worldview. And, and folks, the, the, the point that I'm really trying to drive here is... If you're not clear as to what lens you view the world, sure. then you can so easily take these ideologies and, and run with them. Huh. And and the thing is, it's so <clears throat> dangerous that um, guys are kind of um, we, we we're starting to create some kind of syncretist uh, kind of Christianity yes. where where uh, guys are like no no, but there's some good stuff. Yes. So you have people editing the Bible now through a gender-inclusive um, yes. language, right? Yes. Because that's yes. using textual cri um, criticism, criticism. Yes. Um, because they, they want to, well, this, this is, is not sensitive and th right. this is not true or whatever. Right. I, I, <clears throat> I sent you, Jabu, the other day, when, uh, uh, I think on Twitter, it was uh, just like inter... Um, uh, uh, African-American biblical interpretation and why it matters. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's like, um, okay. Uh, so this, and, and we've been hearing even the push for um, you have to have people from different backgrounds to interpret the scriptures. Sure. And I'm, I'm just thinking, 
Wait, this is this scriptures, you know, has God communicated mm. this mm. well enough? Mm. Um, do we do we need uh, or do do I need you know different people to to uh, yes we do need the body of Christ to to uh, and we sharpen each other yeah. but um, is God unclear you know in in terms of what He has said sure. in in the scriptures God has has spoken yeah. and so while before you would want to look for the best. Greek and Hebrew scholars <laughs> and understanding the 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 context uh, where it was written and the language well, so that we get what the Apostle Paul was saying. Now, postmodern eyes, we we want to interpret it differently according mm. to my lived experience. Mm. So mm. it's 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 always the the assumption of. Man, what would what did the apostle? What would he say today? He definitely would have said it differently, understanding the context. And I'm like, man, apostle Paul said, "You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you?" Um, the, the the apostle Paul would have been harsher on our society today because, uh, uh, I mean, there, there is a debate out there of um, is society now more sinful than it has ever been, or are we more aware? Of of sin now mm. than they were back then. Uh, mm. I don't have the answer to that. To yeah, be completely that's honest, that's a good question. Um, however, <laughs> if with the exposure that we have now, and if 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 God in His providence had allowed for the Apostle Paul to write out the text now, mm. then Colossians would still be applicable yeah. to twenty twenty two. Right. Uh, the what is what is happening in twenty twenty two is exactly what the deconstructionists were doing, and, and all those who are uh, are coming with this. Um, Postmodern f- uh, philosophy and ideology—it's—it's—they mm. it's, were all coming with these uh, high-sounding nonsense. They were—they they were coming in with these philosophies, and, right. and they, they were right. pushing in. And the Apostle Paul says, "Man, you need to be grounded in the Word of mm. God." Mm. Um, and even in his prayer, there, his prayers that they—they—they they, they, they grow in the knowledge of His will. Mm. Man, we need to grow. We need to grow in our understanding of Scripture mm. because Scripture is being attacked. So, yeah. um, yeah. so. The, the the author then brings um, uh, deriders comments to how does that look like um, in terms of um, uh, not religion but um, evangelicalism, and he says the motive behind derider's strategy of undoing deconstruction stems from his alarm over illegitimate appeals to authority and exercises of power, the belief that one has reached the single correct meaning or God, or truth, provides a wonderful excuse for damning those with whom one disagrees Mm. as either fools or heretics. Mm. Neither priests who supposedly speak for God nor philosophers who supposedly speak for reason should be trusted. These logocentric claim to speak from a privileged perspective, reason or the word of God, is a bluff that must be called or better deconstructed. Deconstruction is a critical dismantling of a person's mm. understanding of what it means to be an evangelical Christian sure. and is in some cases a refusal to recognize as authorities those perceived as occupying privileged evangelical institutional positions who supposedly speak for God. Mm. Two things that he's saying. 
in case you missed all of that, number one, you need not listen to the, the, the word of God because the word of God claims to be the final authority for truth. Mm. Dismantle that. Um, number two, you, you, you need not listen to pastors, elders, or shepherds. Mm. Oh, well, pastors or elders. Oh, elders. Pastors and elders are the same thing. <laughs> uh, you need not listen to your elders at church because they are claiming authority as to what's right and what's wrong. The problem with the world is they are uncomfortable with the reality of mm. wrong exists. They are uncomfortable with the reality of sin being called out as sin. They are uncomfortable of the reality of you are living in sin and because of your sin, you will be judged heavily by an almighty God. Mm. The world is trying to suppress this truth. Mm. And in suppressing this truth, they, what they fail to realize is the wrath of God abides over them. Mm. And, and the scary thing is, is there, there are those who, 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 who think that they are a part of the household of the faith. I mean, you heard us, uh, he says, uh, deconstruction is, I think he said a means, and mm. um, uh, or deconstruction is a reason, and deconversion is a result. I think right, that's right, what right. he said. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just to clarify, deconversion. I I don't believe that someone could have been a genuine believer and then they mm. are an unbeliever. Everyone right. who's been saved, mm. who has genuinely believed in the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of their soul. They are a sheep under his under his fold, and Christ is a good shepherd mm-hmm. who will not let even one of those who have been entrusted yeah. to the to his care go away. Amen. However, what what deconversion means is, man, this guy spoke really good Christianese, man. <laughs> this guy was like a part of the church. He looked like a Christian. He smelled like a Christian. He probably mm-hmm. even tasted like a Christian, <laughs> but he wasn't a Christian. Sure. Um, yeah. He he sounded all the right bells and whistles. But man, when when the pressure when the pressure came and the pressure was high, he lived. I mean, Christ was so gracious as to leave us with mm-hmm. the parable of the of the sower and the seed. There is the reality that that there will be those among us who, when the pressure does get dialed up, mm-hmm. their true self will be revealed. Yeah. And 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 to be completely honest with you, in our next episode, we're going to listen to a lady who who man she. She goes against God. She directly challenges the Almighty yep. God, and 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 we're also going to listen to other guys who have challenged the idea of Christianity. But pastorally, if you traced back, you always see that there was a turning point, and the turning point usually has to do with suffering or sin. Mm-hmm. Usually, yeah. there's yeah. there's. Many times I've seen people who've who've been pastors, who've been standing for truth, who've been heralds for heralds of truth, yeah. all of a sudden turn on Christianity. Yeah. Mm. Two years down the line, they come out as practicing homosexuals. Mm. Is that coincidental? Yeah. So yeah. there is the reality that you must be examining your own heart. Yeah. Ask God to search you and see if there be any wickedness within you. And when he reveals it, won't you take it to him and confess? Ask him through the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work on that cross to save you. Mm. That as you are now born again, the Spirit of God will convict you. There will be that sense of unease when you hear someone bring these things that are, mm. are high sounding, but in actual, <coughs> fact, actual fact are rubbish. Yeah. And and I mean, it is. Um, this is really a... 
uh, lie from from the devil in in the sense that um, you can just completely redefine yourself. You become the the final authority, and and that that uh, those words which with the the devil tempted Adam and Eve in terms of oh, yeah. you're gonna know, you know, and we um, and it's like you know we we often don't don't want to be content with God has said. Mm. Um, is is like no no you you can come up with your own law in sure. a sense this is what they they are are doing mm. um just coming up with your own standards your own law um and i mean how amazing that you can redefine yourself create your own pronouns sure. <laughs> yeah, so um <clears throat> yeah but the reality is that God knows what is best and what he has uh, expressed and what he has revealed is for our own good. Um, uh, To quote uh, Piper's uh, famous words, you know, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. So the, the biggest joy and satisfaction we could ever experience is if you do <laughs> what God has told you to do. Uh, if you obey His law, if you find enjoyment in Him. Um, and and so, um, I hope that as we go through this series, that um, firstly, you'll be maybe more aware of it, uh, of, of things like that. Um, you know, when you, um, sometimes we don't see it, you know, um, and then once you become aware of like, wow, you kind of like, oh, that's what's referring to that. And, that is, and you know, you start picking up things that, that you know, uh, people say. And there's always, there's always an idea behind it, yeah. right? No, none of us are coming out from a neutral point of view. Yep. There is no neutrality. Yeah. You know, and so um, I hope that this will help us as Christians both to be more aware of it, but also to be able to provide a response, as First Peter speaks of, uh, uh, to to be able to provide a, a response for the faith. Uh, and so we we hope that uh, this will be helpful to you. So to close us off, where did deconstruction really start? I know we said Jock. Derrida is the father of deconstructionism. But in actual fact, the devil is. Mm. Um, he started it in Genesis chapter 3. As Isaac has, has, has said, when he asked the question, did God mm. really say? That sums up deconstructionism sure. to its core. That is great. Yeah. Did God yeah. really say? The result of that question was a, a turning from God. Adam and Eve hid from God. They ran away from God. The fellowship was broken because sin was brought into the picture. Uh, so, so just be aware that this continues to be the reality today. So what do you need to remember? Two things. First Peter chapter 1. And um, uh, we'll start from verse 22 for the context. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, 
love one another eagerly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of, of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all is glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower fails, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. All these philosophies, they will come and they will go. There's always going to be a new thing. But in all those new things, like Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. So Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7 to close. Remember your leaders. Are you connected to a local church? Are you faithfully consuming the word of God? Are you faithfully listening to, to the word of God being preached to you through sermons or through music? Hebrews 13 verse 7, remember your leaders and those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. The word of God is the only one that is able to transform our lives. It takes us from a state of hopelessness to a state of hope, from a state of despair to a state of joy, from a state of death to a state of life and life eternally. Won't you trust in God's word in saying, all who call on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Amen. We live in a day where we think that in order to be relevant to our culture, we must be like our culture. We live in a day where we think in order for the gospel to be relevant, we must somehow adapt it to the culture, and nothing on the face of the earth or in the bowels of hell could be further from the truth. We are relevant not because we are like our culture, we are relevant because we are absolutely different. And our gospel has power not because it is acceptable to carnal men. Our gospel has power because it is a scandal to men. Thank you for joining the Theology Alive podcast. Please subscribe and share. Later. Later. Dabo! This, this would have been done long ago. Years ago, bro. Years ago. Years ago, bro.